While we hope this podcast is helpful and empowering, we want to remind you that we are offering only information, not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider about any concerns regarding your health and wellness. I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. And we are A Couple couple of Shrinks. We are a married couple practicing as psychotherapists specializing in addiction, sex, depression, couples, and trauma. Each week, we talk about therapy, mental health, and what it's like to be married to a therapist. When you're also a therapist. Thanks for joining us today. Let's Let's get get to to the the episode. episode. I, I, uh, I'm not wearing jeans anymore. No more jeans. No more, no more jeans. No more. We've been watching The Office too much. Uh, have you switched to uh, overalls or, um, skorts? Uh, what are they called? Skirtles? No, that's not right. Yeah, let's stick with that. <laughs> I am wearing skirtles and skorts. <laughs> skorts. Yes. Corduroy. Well, husband, thank you for asking. It's very interesting. As I'm sure you've noticed, um, no squirtles or nice. squirts. Okay. But trousers are a thing. Okay. So I didn't know you could wear just trousers and not go to court or like ask for a loan. Like, are you allowed to wear them on the street in public? Yeah. Like the cops will pull you over and be like, excuse me, are you on your way to court? Because otherwise you can't wear those. <laughs> That's what it was like. Okay. So I was just telling... My brother and sister-in-law about this, so, and he didn't know this, but my brother had a very, very influential uh, point, moment of time Mm. in my life, and uh, he was the one who suggested I try on my first pair of skinny jeans, Mm. and I did, and I never looked back. That's right. And he didn't know that he played such a huge role in my life in that moment, but he did. Um, I don't know if you know this, husband, but skinny jeans are old now uh, they're not back no are you sure they're not back daniel no hmm. no you millennial okay so i have worn skinny jeans though until like since that day onward until you know the last couple years and i've been trying to find jeans that fit right and they just don't and i hate them and i don't like them so i i uh where are other things now? Aren't you glad you asked? That uh, was really boring. Fashionista. Hey, what's um, what's a trouser? Trousers are just pants. It's just a fancy word for pants, right? Well, yeah, they're pants, but they're like this material. The right cotton here or that something? I'm, that I'm pointing to. I could take a picture of my pants. I also got those pleather pants. What are jeans? I know they're denim, but where does denim come from? It's cotton. Oh, it is cotton? Mm-hmm. Like a fancy cotton? Uh, a hardy cotton. Hardy. Hardy, yeah. They find jeans in mines. There's those YouTube videos where people will dive into old abandoned mines, specifically mm-hmm. looking for jeans because they're so badass and they can sell them for a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not a part of that that parade. Okay. I don't want anything to do with the jeans. I would 100%, if I had a bunch of expendable income, I would love to wear some cave miner 1800 jeans. Why were I they would left in guy. the cave? Like, did somebody die and or like did somebody just take off their pants at their end of the shift and just leave them there i don't think they usually find them with a note explaining <laughs> well, that's why good, this person left their questions. jeans there. i have good questions <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> what's new in your life um 
I'm getting back into reading a lot uh, for fun, which has been a long time coming. I've struggled to find new book series, you know, science fiction or fantasy or, you know, mystery or anything like that, that I've been interested in that I can continue with because I feel like my entire life for the last couple of years has been consumed by nerd reading, by work reading. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of those are really fun things, but uh, I'm trying to think of what I've been reading recently that really kind of takes energy out of me. Like um, Marcus Aurelius, like Meditations. You know, it's a great book to read and, you know, you do use it with work and stuff, especially with CBT. Just uh, some light morning reading. They they talk about um, how stoicism um, contributes to psychology in my practice, but it's it takes for me. It's heavy. It's kind of hard to read. Um, so anyway, so now I'm reading fun books or trying to get into more fun books. What are some of the authors? Share with the class. James Islington, Islington, kind of Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time uh, type of writing. I reserve judgment so far. I I'm I try to read spoiler-free reviews on Reddit, and a lot of these books, they say you just have to stick with it, and it'll start to make sense. But I'm a little more used to, you know, Wheel of Time and Tolkien and stuff where they build this huge world so you understand everything, and then the characters start progressing. And some of these books, I've noticed, they just go, they smash right into it, and they just kind of figure out the world as they go along. So fantasy. yeah. Yeah, not fan. science fiction. Uh, both, yeah. Oh, okay. I like science fiction too. Any other authors? Mm, that's the main one I've been reading lately. That cool. book. Oh, Anthony Ryan. That's another one. That's kind of the steampunk stuff. That's pretty cool. One of these days, I'm gonna get you on the Sarah J. Moss. Mm -hmm. It's on the forums. I know. Yeah, you I just get... gotta read it so you know what everybody's talking about. All these sexy fairies. That's what it is, right? It's a bunch of sexy fairies. But like people get tortured and stuff, right? Yeah, there's Definitely. some really, really dark dark stuff. Or yeah. Fourth Wing. I mean, everyone's reading that. Arm, Armentrout, yeah. Jennifer Armentrout. No, that's a different author. She's from Blood and Ash. But I still get points. But you know. That's right. Fourth Wing is Rebecca Yaros. Of course. Course. I noticed something really important about you today. Hmm. You are drinking from my Elvis Presley mug. Mm -hmm. Of all the complaints that you have about this dead drug addict haunting our life, you are now sipping from my chalice. So in its deepest, deepest sense of what that object is, is it's a bucket. That's, that's the <laughs> most foundational... I'm drinking from a bucket. My mom got it so, for me. No, that's nice. She but saw it for me and she thought the the way my sleepy man brain worked is I opened the cabinet and I said I need bucket drink liquid liquid and that's the one I pulled. So well, that's fifties Elvis. He looks very handsome, doesn't he? I think that was a September anyway. Very can, handsome. Yeah. Topic for today. <laughs> what um. <laughs> what 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 patterns we just spent um, way too long talking about nonsense i'll cut it if i need to or not it doesn't right. matter um but with all seriousness this this podcast is we're really focused on not uh taking it too seriously i think and that's clear talking about our relationship and things that are going on in our lives as well um i think I, i've heard different podcasts with a mix of things either they're completely professional and there is no filter of their life and I've heard other podcasts where there is some of their life in that. And I like, I don't want this to be super heavy. 
all the time, like sessions are. So I, I'm okay with talking about our lives. Okay. What patterns have you been noticing with clients recently? People no showing or canceling. If no one saw, she just like craned her neck back and <laughs> eagle roared. <laughs> That's a big pattern. Holiday season, being in private practice. What's a no show? People just don't show up to their appointment mm-hmm. um, or cancel last minute. Mm-hmm. People are busy mm-hmm. and they forget. And oftentimes, couples therapy, that's primarily what I do, <clears throat> does not make the list of priorities. People don't hang on to that in their brain during the holidays. I look up to you so much for working with that population because the risk of uh, no-shows or one person dropping out of treatment or one person relapsing or something complicating the treatment process is so much higher with you because you have double the clients. You actually literally are working with twice as many clients. That's true. Um, And even more if there's... um, polyamory or something going on but mm. at least at least twice twice as many frustrating it is yeah well not only from like the the where i sit you know i prepare for my clients and i and i get yeah like a study for specific people and i read up and i gather the data and all that stuff so i prepare mm. um but then like getting in the mind space the headspace for a session and then somebody just doesn't show up or cancel the last minute that's like frustrating just on the human sense but then like coming back in the new year if people come back after all the chaos um it's like we've taken 10 steps backwards because Maybe we were rolling for a long time and like noticing some progress and momentum with there. And there's a lot to be said about momentum. So then when people like no show or it's just not a priority for a month or two or it's kind of hit or miss, um, we lose a lot of progress. So it's almost like not starting over unless the client is particularly new. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Yeah, taking steps backwards is is frustrating. So during the holidays, because I work with couples, and like you said, I there's more than just one person scheduled to contend with. I oftentimes will say if some if they need to cancel because you know Bob's got a work thing or whatever, I often ask the other partner to just do an individual session just to like keep some kind of momentum going. Nice. Any kind of health is 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 good, and people actually don't know that that you can go to couples therapy by yourself need to mm-hmm. um yeah was it did you ask me a question <laughs> that was a great answer oh, okay <laughs> that was a great answer <laughs> i don't know oh my gosh i'm just distracted by elvis presley staring back at me should from, I, from um, your, no sorry, turn him around I no okay. i want him to look at me oh. i want you both to look oh at me it's nice there right. you go okay <laughs> let me take your picture we'll post this to the to the instagram um hey really, pretty mama what, record no. a podcast with me oh my gosh there you go nice let's do some quaaludes okay what uh (laughs) what themes are you noticing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah cancellations no shows rescheduling for sure that's that's a pattern with with my population as well um relapses or lapses however you want to describe it with substance abuse that's a big big one that's been happening and that of course contributes to late cancellations what no is shows. the difference between a relapse and a lapse um i haven't heard that before 
relapse is really a big word that they use all the time in 12-step programs where yeah. it's it's black and white. It's all about the number of days you have. And if you put any uh, chemical into your body, any narcotic into your body that you're really planning not to, that you're really trying not to, you set back at zero. So you're a newcomer again. So it's, it's black and white. It's a relapse. Uh, clearly, that's incredibly helpful for a lot of people in keeping them on track and motivating them to be sober. Uh, but the argument is, is that idea of all or nothing sobriety um, limits some people from returning to meetings or keeping up with it because there is the positive part of that is humility. It could be humbling, which is incredibly helpful for a lot of people, or it can be shame. You know, it's very, very close to each other, the humility factor or the shame factor. And, and the argument is, is that a relapse idea of substance abuse, that idea uh, limits people from returning to meetings. So oh. lapse, from my understanding, was um, cognitive behavior therapy. That was Aaron Beck. He came up with this idea that um, I think at that time it was uh, uh, crack uh, epidemic was really big, especially on the East Coast. It was blown up and a lot of people didn't want to work with um, drug addicts, um, die too, too often. There's no... Um, big upside in terms of finances for therapists or doctors or anyone to work with drug addicts. And Beck was saying one of the issues that he was noticing was that that idea of a relapse was limiting people from returning to therapy, returning to support groups, meetings, churches, stuff like that. Um, so he proposed this idea of a lapse where um, I can learn from a mistake, but it doesn't mean I'm a newcomer. It means I made a mistake and it's yeah. a learning experience. And that's the whole idea of cognitive therapy is everything is data. It's yeah. all information. You try to take like the good, the bad, the morals kind of out of it if you can. And and you try to learn from every experience. Um, so it gives it kind of a positive spin. Yeah. Everything. Lapse versus relapse. Um, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just like went somewhere else for a moment. That was weird. This is who the podcast is. The episode that I'm thinking of today is. Uh, the client that's struggling with time is limited during the holidays. Do I need to continue with yeah. my weekly therapy or mm -hmm. uh, uh, bi-monthly therapy um, when life is so crazy right now and you have a limited amount of time to be able to do things? Yeah. Do you continue with it? And this is not, by the way, we're talking about psychotherapy right now, but 100% we could be personal trainers talking about the exact same issue uh, come December, come January. How do we get people to prioritize? Or is it important to, is it okay to let therapy go for a month? Like, how do you encourage your people to stay motivated, to stay engaged during this time? Um, so I don't have a general guideline for this, just which is so annoying. I know listening to someone talk about a therapy practice is everyone's different. And I know it's such an annoying answer, but it's true. I have some clients that, um, their lives are not on the line. They're working with me on um, career stuff, not even job issues, like job, not even paying for the necessities, but career, like almost existential things. Who am I supposed to be? Who do I want to be? Mm. Um, I have some people working on uh, weight loss goals. That's that's a pattern, you know, maintaining, mm. not even achieving weight loss goals, but maintaining progress. Mm -hmm. Um, you can and, go to therapy for that? Absolutely, you can, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Health goals, for sure, because there's such a huge psychological component in any goal that takes time. Yeah. 
There's such a huge psychological component. So sports, uh, career, weight loss, um, dieting, health, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Therapy is a huge addition to that. Um, but I do have a pretty good core of long-term clients right now where I would not suggest, um, continuing weekly every single week, even through the holidays um, is necessary or even recommended helpful. Very, very frequently it's helpful. At the same time, I do have some clients where continuing weekly um, might be harmful because there is, you know, that counter uh, or that transference, that dependency factor that I'm always aware of. So if a client is saying, I need this, I need to continue seeing. I need this. I need this. I need this. Yeah. You can't pull employees onto your lap (laughs) telling them I need this. I need this. Um, That's another office quote. Uh, But anyway, so what I was getting at there is every client's different. Substance use clients, man, that one is going to be, even if we're in long-term sobriety, old, old wisdom, old knowledge is, do we continue doing healthy things even when it's inconvenient? Yeah. What are my priorities? Because what we're talking about here is an hour. That's what we're talking about. One hour out of your Especially week. Especially online. Especially because a, lo- a, a, a lot, you and I are online, but a, a pretty much 100% of therapists that I know, they have no problem pivoting online if you can't make an in-person session um, or telephone session. Yeah. There are very, very um, easy ways that you can do. And maybe you don't even need a session. Maybe you just schedule a, a check-in. So like, I have like a that. 30 minute session, I have a handful like of people who will ask for a half hour. Nice. Yeah. And I'm happy, happy to do that. No, but it makes sense. That makes sense. so much sense to me. That's beautiful. I think so too. So with substance abuse, very rarely if I have a client say, you know, hey Dan, my schedule's really crazy next week. I'm thinking about pushing this back a week. Um and, and a lot of the times cause because of New Year's, I'm I'm expecting we get up to two weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel sessions for two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. With addiction, substance use, very, very rarely will I say, you know, will I just leave that? Of, of course, they're allowed to do anything they want, but very rarely will I leave that unspoken. I'll, I'll say something. Yeah. Hey, let's kind of evaluate your progress. What has been contributing to your progress? What are your goals? And of course, pivot. You need to reschedule. Maybe you need to do an intensive. Maybe you do two sessions back to back, and then you have, you know, 10 days or something in between the next session. That's fine. Um, but uh, that's that's important, and especially for the clients that I'm working with that aren't into twelve steps, because therapy is the big thing that's working for them. Maybe yeah. some medications, you know, some exercise and fitness stuff, but the therapy is the main bulk of their recovery because they're not sold on you know AA or Narcotics Anonymous or twelve steps. Yeah, they don't have that support outside. No, and you're right. And I'm thinking of you said kind of pivoting or getting creative and stuff. And I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I well, I know for you and me, especially during this time, because we know how chaotic it can be um you and i are willing to flex sometimes with like our hours and you know things like that for like very short term like this week meeting at a time that we normally don't mm-hmm. um you and i are, are happy to do that for people for that very reason because we know it's chaotic and it's really important to keep that momentum and keep that health 100 percent. yeah so it's always worth asking you know if if you need to if you need to reschedule, or if you're thinking you need to cancel just because there's not enough time, it's always worth the ask for your therapist. Like, is there anything else we could possibly do for this time, whether that's at a different time that we normally don't meet or, yeah, like you said, on the phone or even for a half hour? There's all sorts of things that your therapist is likely willing to work with you on because we want you to get help. Mm-hmm. We're busy, too, so mm-hmm. we get it. 
we get it that it's hard, but at least from where I stand as the clinician, it can be frustrating to have people just like drop off the edge of the earth for a month and then come back. And I, and I see this often in my work and just come back and be frustrated that they're, you know, not making any progress or like we were doing so good. And then the holidays and then your mom came and then she left and now we hate each other again. And I'm like, I know because you canceled four weeks in a row or something. Um, so that, that, I don't know. That's frustrating from where I sit too. Mm-hmm. I get it. Cause we want our clients to succeed. Mm-hmm. We want them to be healthy and prioritize good things and mm-hmm. get better, get healthier. So when they slip backwards, it's hard for us too. Um, but we're biased. So we really believe in therapy and we really believe it's beneficial, but there's the financial component of it as well. That's so true. I'm funneling a bunch of money into gifts for loved ones, for the kids, I'm going to have to take some time off of work for the holidays. Maybe I'm traveling. Um, those things are real. And we understand that as therapists, um, that life is is going on and the holidays are extremely stressful and chaotic. Um, so those things, you know, are completely understandable. Um, and that's why I say like the severity really matters. You know, um, yeah. are you going into uh, counseling because of you want to work on communications issues or are you going into counseling because of domestic violence? Like those are going to be two completely different categories mm-hmm. for why I need to continue with therapy. Even when it's inconvenient, it's hard to make sessions or is it okay to push it off for a week or two? Yeah. Too little time, too many commitments through the holiday as they're currently in therapy. Yeah. Well, I think we already mentioned some of them just asking, can we, can I just do a half hour or go every other week or switch to on the phone? Um, whatever, whatever way you can fit it in. Hey, oh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever way you can fit it in. Um, it's always worth the ask. Um, and hopefully your therapist is, is responsive to that. I actually noticed too, again, with the populations I work with couples, holidays can be really hard because, um, there's a lot of like family angst. I've, we were talking about themes earlier and that's something that I've noticed a lot. Like our families don't get along or my family doesn't like you. Um, and now we're really stressed out to the holidays and that makes us even busier. Cause now we have to go through to all of these different holiday events mm. separately. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's just like all this mix in there. Um, I've been noticing that a lot. Maybe that's something we can talk about too. Like how do we, oh my God. My practical advice would be one, the the most important thing would be if you're currently in therapy, uh, talk to your, your counselor, talk to your therapist about it. Just be open about, yeah. hey, my time is really limited right now. I'm feeling really um, overwhelmed. And mm. this is a big ask for me actually to do an hour of therapy a week right now. What do you suggest? Love um, it. Gabby and I talked about how with some clients will pivot to check-in sessions. Mm-hmm. We'll pivot to intensives. Maybe you see them back-to-back and then you don't see them for a while. Um, or maybe your therapist will shrug and be like, yeah, actually, you're really crushing it right now. Do you think you need to be in the next yeah, week or two? Like, totally. Um, and, and again, that, that therapist will most likely say, you can call me. Yeah. If you need a session, but maybe we'll move to as needed for a little while. Absolutely. Um, so that's so the first practical advice I would have if you're currently in therapy would be have an open conversation with your therapist, with your counselor about that consistency and that time management problem. Yeah. Well, um, and uh, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. Well, another thing, too, as as you were talking, it came to mind. I often ask 
couples who are, um, who need that, who need to take a break. Like it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to really be intentional about all the tools that you've been learning in therapy. Nice. So if ever there's a time that you're going to need those tools to communicate well, to set boundaries well, whatever it is you've been working on in therapy, it's going to be during the holiday season. So if you're taking a break from, from therapy or you're cutting it short or whatever you need to do, it's really, really good practice. Like that is when you'll notice some work happening. Like, yes. This is where, this is what Gabby said. We would be in this situation and let's pull out our tools and, and use them. Um, and then I also encourage people to manage your expectations. So it's okay. Um, you're, you might not do the holidays super well. You might mess up. You know, you, when I'm speaking directly to couples, you might have a big argument and slip back into old, old mm-hmm. communication patterns and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. So just get back in and you have the tools available to you. If you've been going to therapy for a hot second, you likely know what the answer is. So practice and then get back in when you can. Beautiful. That's it. Another piece of advice would be uh, for the loved ones in your life who are struggling, uh, going ahead and get them a therapy appointment set up and give it to them as a gift. So especially if you have a mother-in-law that you're not getting along with or an estranged sibling, uh, their gift for that year, you could be, you know, they could open up a present on Christmas morning in front of all the family and the and the new uh, girlfriend that they brought for the first time to meet the family and they can open up that gift from you and it could say, um, you need help. I set up a therapy session for you and it's already paid for. Um, we're going to take you as a family to that therapy office and uh, Merry Christmas, you know, and just watch their face uh, just light up with joy. You need help. And record the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> you need help. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. You're funny. Absolutely not. That'd be a terrible idea. You mean I shouldn't call out my family member in front of a whole gathering and force them into help? Depends on what kind of relationship you're trying to build there. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. Any closing thoughts? Oh, no, I think we, that's good. Yeah, and we did talk about reducing, but also increasing. There are... Definitely. Especially as I have um, clients that are leaving treatment and they're coming on to my private caseload. Oh, yeah. Um, doubling sessions. Yep. Super normal. That's a thing. Super, super, super normal. Do what you need. Yeah, doubling sessions. Um, you know, if you get to the point where you're doing... And I know this is biased i'm sure there's therapists who do this but if you get to the point where you're requesting like three sessions in a week we're almost talking about higher level of care at that point that's a lot a lot of effort but uh, two sessions a week super normal super standard yeah, um that happens i suspect with um, a lot of the serious chemical depression clients i work with and the bipolar clients i work with that's not only uh, possible it's expected at some point in their treatment where they will mm-hmm. um, have a couple weeks where they double. Yeah. And that's that's fine. It is. Super normal. Yeah. So do what you need, mm-hmm. but prioritize it. Make yes. it happen. That's so cliche. It's so boring. But well, it's true. It's a health thing. Yeah. Because when you and I, I, I know the way you view therapy and the way I view it too, is it's a medical thing. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. This is a medical thing. Yeah. Um, if you were dealing with, a, a, you know, it's all on a spectrum, but if you're dealing with a very important uh, medical issue to you would you put it off to what do something extra during the holiday season would you put it off uh, maybe you would maybe it's a minor thing that can wait uh, but if you put it in that light in that context it's a medical issue you kind of look at it a little bit differently yeah 
let's sign out. All right. Thank you guys for your time. Happy holidays. Thank you, babe, for your time. Oh, thank this is you. Fun. Thank Bear's you, Bear, for here. joining us. I know. He's snoring. I wonder if you can hear it. Yeah. Can you hear it in the mic? I don't think so. I'd, you definitely heard a kerfuffle when he jumped up on the couch. Just like, kerfuffle. Yes. Yeah. He's a fella. Signing out. I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. And we are a couple of shrinks. shrinks. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> Signing out. I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. And we are a, a couple, couple of shrinks. shrinks.